Hi, this is Blake from the Sticky Buttons Podcast, and this is part of our Game of the Year episode, which was recorded at the end of 2021. The full episode, which is just over four hours, can be found on our Patreon, and is there as a thank you to all our patrons. This episode includes our top five, and we wanted to make that available for everyone. Brandon and I are very excited to do this again in 2022, but for now, we hope you enjoy this episode, and if you'd like to hear a little bit more, it's available on our Patreon. Enjoy! Yo, what is going on, you guys? This is your host, Brandon. And this is Blake. And we're coming back at you after our little break um, where we went over our number 10 through 6 slot on our Game of the Year list. And we're back with better Wi-Fi, better attitude, and ready to talk about some better games. (laughs) 10 through 6. Now we're going to do our top 5, which is a big deal here top five we're going to try and just get those in this episode maybe some honorable mentions we'll see how it goes um and i I know i went first last time blake so do you want to kick us off this time yeah definitely i'd love to kick us off um and just something that i want to say before we get into this you know obviously like we play a lot of games here on the sticky buttons podcast and just like the top 10 it was so fun for us to create but obviously like with the nature of any list you know a lot of games are going to be left out that we still loved. And just to like reiterate, these are like top 10. Like we loved these games, but these top five, especially for me, like really definitely hold a, hold a special place in my heart. So I'm ready to kick it off. Um, my number five game for 2021 is Ratchet and Clank, A Rift Apart. What? No way. No way. That's crazy crazy that's nuts uh, ratchet and clank man i actually I love that title yeah i think we only we may have only talked about it once or twice man but dude i yeah i love this game man um i haven't i haven't finished it full disclosure but i'm definitely in the final final act final hours and um i kind of i kind of have an idea of where the story's gonna go but oh man dude it's just so fun man like straight up it's so fun and it's like you're going back to a franchise um, that I personally I loved as a kid um, played a lot of the PlayStation 2 games so it's so nice just going back to it and also Brandon I just gotta say man this is I think probably the most impressive technical game to date and like it's just incredible man like there's I, I think I kind of mentioned this last time when, when I when we spoke about it, but there is absolutely no difference between the gameplay and the cutscenes. Like it's so seamless. Like it just looks so incredible, which I mean, this game, I mean, well, this list is really not about that. Like, obviously like I have some very pixelated games on here. Um, but I mean, it's just so cool, dude. It, it's definitely worth getting a PS5 just to play that game. And I just thought it was so awesome. Um, really quick about the game though, before, before we move on, like truly, I think it's probably like the ultimate Ratchet and Clank game um, to date, man. Like they really do take all the best. Um, it's really like a version of Ratchet and Clank that takes all the best mechanics and ideas and just puts it all into one. 
And obviously like with video games, they're very iterative and they build off each other. And this one, it just, I don't know, it just feels like a culmination of all the Ratchet and Clank games that have come before it. And this is a, a PS5 exclusive. Yeah, and this is a PS5 that, exclusive. Yeah, go ahead. That you mentioned, um, from what I remember, really like makes use of the PS5 kind of capabilities. And you can tell it's like a next-gen game. It feels like a next-gen game. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, there's no load times. And just the things that you're able to do, like, with the rifts, like, you can just, like, jump across the map. It's like the like huge open spaces in, you know, the span of seconds with the taking hold of the rift mechanic, which is really one button. And also, you also have this mechanic where you can phase, which something that I wanted to talk about is like with, with PlayStation 2 games, like obviously they were very limited to the hardware of the time and you could do double jumps. And, and that was kind of about the end of the mechanics. Like obviously they had like swing shots and other like gadgets as they called them that allowed you to traverse the world and this one just like adds them all seamlessly and then adds more um kind of like i don't know bringing it into relevance as like a platformer today like everything that it does is still so great and it feels like it kind of captures the feel of like what a playstation 2 game is like you know what i mean like every like a play, like the PlayStation Two games, like they had a feel to them, and you could kind of like, you had like these platforms and areas that you could explore and navigate, and then you could, it still had the ability to like show you a grand world um, around you. You just couldn't go to this grand world, and it, it kind of captures that, which is crazy. Um, like it kind of captures the feel of like what a PlayStation Two game is if it was brought forward to today, and that's interesting. Yeah, I, it took me a while to kind of put my finger on how I felt about that. But I mean, I, I really, I mean, that's where these games kind of got their footing. And I think it's just so cool that they're able to kind of bring that forward to today. Yeah, man. Number five, Ratchet and Clank, man. That's a solid, solid choice. And I mean, you spoke to me about it before and you we're super excited about it. You're still just as excited about it. So it's definitely a game that's super special to you. And I think is like deserving of that five number five spot. Yeah, definitely, man. And real quick before we move on, one of the things that I, that I kind of, I didn't quite mention on or didn't quite touch on was the characters in, in this new game. And it's something that also like is kind of, I don't know, it's like tied to the PlayStation 2. It's like these characters, like they made their appearance on the PlayStation 2. And, you know, the world has changed since we were in that era and since games were in that generation. And yeah, they kind of change the character and like kind of bring it, bring all the characters forward. Um, like in a way that they, you know, have a homage to the characters of the past while also bringing them forward to today where um, like a lot of the characters are struggling with anxiety and self-doubt and a lot of like really human things that, you know, we've all been confronted with over, you know, the past couple of years. And it does it in a way where it's like, you can still have those action packed PlayStation 2 games and you can still see how those characters develop that in the sense of today. And at the very beginning of the game, 
the, the characters are kind of conversing and they're like, hey, like, do we really like deserve this? Like, do we really like we haven't saved the galaxy in so long? Like, and you were at a parade. So it was kind of like a celebration at the peony. And they're like, do we really deserve this? Like, do we even still know how to save the galaxy? And just kind of like every even characters that you meet along the way have um, are like going through similar themes and it, it really makes it a very heartwarming story whereas before it was like you're playing it for the game and then the story's kind of secondary and I think in this one they kind of just mesh in a way that they never have before so Ratchet and Clank a rift apart the ultimate <laughs> PlayStation 5 game to date and the ultimate Ratchet and Clank game number five Numero cinco. All right. Dude, I'm excited to hear what yours is. And <laughs> drum roll, please. Da, 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 da. With that, we're going into my number five. And that's going to be a game that um, you know, we, we did a special episode on earlier this year. Um, and I spent a lot of time playing this game. Definitely gave me a lot of nostalgia. Um, and that's going to be... Dragon Quest Eleven: Echoes of an Elusive Age Definitive Edition. Oh my gosh, Ooh. dude! I am so hyped for this. I was yeah. literally thinking about this game today. I was like, I bet Brandon's gonna have this one. On. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, dude, that yeah. just makes me so happy, man. I love that. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> and I, I re- you know how much I love this game and how stoked I was when it like first came out and mm-hmm. trying to get my hands on it. Um, it's a role-playing video game, and it came out, I think, 2019, 
so it wasn't a release that came out you know very recently so um, i had to you know do a little extra to get my hands on it but it was worth it um you play as the hero um and he's the protagonist of most of the dragon quest games um and you're just trying to basically save the kingdom from this tyrannical ruler um I love the art of this game. I love the characters, um, the action, the way that the fighting plays out. It's like you take turns, but the, you know, just the mechanics of it, it feels really smooth. You can also, something I really, really appreciate is the, the alternation between the 3D and the 2D. Um, and just being able to really get that old feel whenever you, you know, you, you want to. Um, you can really get feeling for that and, yeah um, i kind of forgot that they did that that's such a cool thing that like you're just yeah. able to like toggle between like the old school ones and have it be like a pixelated isometric view and then just like hit a button and it's like a 3d rpg yeah that's totally. really cool that's a cool and idea I'm, too. I'm so glad they did that and I, I really hope going forward that's like something they integrate into the Dragon Quest games because it seems like that's something that really differentiates them right now. Um, and yeah, it just it was a good Dragon Quest title. Got some really, really good hours in on that one. And I still have the title. Um, I carry it with me all the time. So play it here and then I got to pick it up again. Right now I'm on this Breath of the Wild binge, but Definitely got to pick that up again. Did you, I know you played the trial, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so really quick, hours. the the trial, which if you have a switch, you can play this game for free up to ten hours. And I definitely put in a couple hours of it, and I loved every second that I spent in it. Um, but I, I just got distracted with uh, with this one title that we're going to talk about here in a minute as we get further down my list. But I was kind of playing both those games at the same time and. One of them um, just just took me it took me more than Dragon Quest, and I don't know, dude. I think that it might be worth jumping back into Dragon Quest for me personally. Like, there, there's so much there, and it just lays the groundwork for such a great RPG, and it's got a cool a cool kind of story where you're you're the hero, the Illuminary, but it's kind of as if nobody really cares that you are, and nobody believes in yeah. this like thing yeah it's kind of cool it's kind of yeah i mean what is it is it this is the definitive the definitive edition so it's a definitive rpg you should definitely check it out if you haven't yeah definitely a, a title worth checking out and you know definitely are in that number five spot it fought a lot of games to get there but number five it is and we're definitely going to play it a lot this coming year too so yeah yeah that just makes me i mean just like having you say it just makes me think of how awesome of a game it is and i just want to jump back into it number
So now let's let's get into your number four, dude. I'm I'm really excited about this one and this so so before we before I tell you what this is, this has been at every single spot on my list besides two and three. <laughs> I had it at my number one for a while. I had it at five, six, seven, eight, nine, and ten, and it just kept bouncing around. I just didn't know where to put it. Um, but number four is definitely where it belongs. And I talked about this game in our twelfth episode. Um, so it was one of our one of our first ones. And I got it on sale like two or three years ago. And I'm gonna be honest, I finished it in probably two weeks. And it's not it's not a very long game. It's under ten hours. But this game is stuck with me. Like I, I just will find myself in my just normal day to day just thinking about this game. Um, so my number four uh, is Gris. Ooh, Gris, dude, that's amazing. That's exciting. I'm. I can't wait to hear what you got on this because Gris was. We. I remember we did a whole episode on Gris. Mm-hmm. It was. It was an early and early sticky buttons pod uh video game we at the beginning which i i really liked that we did this uh maybe we should bring it back but we would bring up titles that you could pretty much get on any platform so gris is one that you can pick up on switch playstation xbox your phone and it's a relatively inexpensive game um i personally played it on switch and dude i just gotta say man like like first off the story is completely subjective um, it puts you through a story, and as you kind of go through it, you uncover events, and you have things happen to you, and you solve puzzles, and it's an action platformer with puzzle elements, and as you go through it, you go through the story, it's it's completely open to interpretation, which I love stories that do that. I personally, it affected me very deeply. I... And because it's so subjective, I almost don't even want to say how it made me feel. But um, I think I'm going to just because, I mean, this is our game of the year episode, man. Um, you start off as this this woman in this, I mean, idealistic, picturesque uh, landscape, which the art style, uh, I mean, it has a totally unique art style. And it's very, like, um, watercolory. I would say, would you, would you agree with that? That it's kind of like watercolor-esque? For sure. It's definitely the, the art. It's definitely something you were saying too, back in our episode, shout out to our episode or Chris episode, go check that out. Um, it's like the art is very watercolory and that's something that you really enjoy. Yeah. And it's really kind of inspired by the art of this one person. And we shout it out in our episode. Let me look that person up really quick. So the art of this game is pretty much inspired and done by this one person named Conrad Rosette, who has, I mean, just some of the most beautiful watercolor art that I've ever seen. And I, I mean, I mean, his, his works are pretty incredible. So just check him out online. Um, his works are really cool. Obviously check out Gris if you haven't. Um, but you kind of start out as this, this woman, the main character, and she's singing and in in the the video game you're in the palm of the hand of this humongous granite statue um kind of in like the style of like old roman statues that you would see in the museum 
and it is this woman that is humongous, like a humongous um, statue of a woman, and there's a woman singing in her hand, and she does like this beautiful singing, and through this beautiful singing, she cracks this statue that she is standing on, and loses her voice, and as the statue crumbles to the ground, all the color is gone from the world, and then you have to progress through it. And as you go through it, and you do platforming puzzles and puzzle puzzles, um, you slowly introduce color back into the world. And it, it truly is like one of a kind. It's so beautiful. And one thing that I will say about this game that few other games do is it really makes you connected to the space because the space and that you inhabit in this game feels so alive because wherever you go, wherever you are in the game, on the screen, you there are these little characters and you only ever really interact with one of them um, in like a very special level, but they're just like, um, <laughs> they're all less than knee height on the character in the game and they're just kind of moving around. And if you walk towards them, some of them go the other way. Some of them go towards you. Some of them hide behind rocks, but all of them, when you get right up next to them, they stop moving and like they pretend they're not there but it it's kind of like they're stones in this world like kind of like the rubble and the rub but it's like very clear that they have they're different than the rubble in this post-apocalyptic world and they have like eyes and when you just go through it it feels so alive because there are constantly these little creatures that are following and reacting to you and that's just something that this game does so well as making you feel connected to the world and the sense of place. So I absolutely, absolutely love Gris. Um, I guess kind of my own take on this on the story, which like I said, um, I think this story is completely subjective. If you don't want to be spoiled on what happens, maybe skip this part. Um, we'll try and put um, like chapter markers in this episode. And you can just, just skip to <laughs> Brandon's number four. Um, but basically all I'm gonna talk about is just my take on the story. Um, so basically my, my take on the story is that it's a, a story about loss and then finding your new self is kind of how I interpreted it. And like, like I said, you lose your voice and then you kind of reintroduce color to the world and I don't know, as somebody that like is colorblind, like having something that is void of color and you can very very clearly see color being introduced back in, that just hits so hard for me. And I love things that do that. Um, I love pieces of media that do that. I just love pieces of art that do that. Because I don't know, I just feel like as somebody that's colorblind, you just interact with color in a different way and just to see a visual representation of that and as growth through a person. Like, I just, I don't know, I just, it was really meaningful to me and meant a lot. And then it was just fun on top of it, so. And of course, at the end, you, you regain your voice and it's like beautiful music. And I don't know, honestly, I, I listen to the soundtrack sometimes when I'm like on the job and just grinding stuff out, like I'll put on the soundtrack and Oh, I just love Gris, man. Such a great soundtrack. Such a great game. Go check it out. 
Um, it meant so much to me. I, I'm on like the verge of tears, man. <laughs> I know. I was about to say, Blake, you're about to drop tears for number four. Oh, God. I guess it just says, says all it needs to say right there, man. But uh, it's just a beautiful, a beautiful game. Seriously, it's everywhere. It's pretty um, affordable. And um, it does not take that long. So definitely check this game out. On to my number four. This is a title that, you know, definitely has had has been in the public eye recently. It's a triple A title. People have been talking about it a lot. Um, it's a Activision game. Ah. And uh, I've been playing it a lot. Like an unhealthy amount almost. Um, <laughs> and that, this game is Call of Duty Vanguard. Wow, I'm surprised. I mean, I'm surprised you like it this much, man. <laughs> this is yeah. the this is the one. Oh man, I feel bad. This is the one I decided not to get, man. I'm taking a stand, but oh, dude, yeah. I'm so happy that you liked it, man. Return to World I'm, War Two. I'm loving this game. It is an homage to like the OG Call of Duty. The maps are crazy. There's a ton of maps. Um, the movement is is nice. I think they really figured it out well. It runs a lot like um, Modern Warfare, 
modern warfare rather um and i'm just excited to see you know where they go with this engine i, I, I mean it runs super smooth and you know they, they're going to keep making tweaks to make it better so excited for that and yes yeah, the title i just spent a lot of time playing blake unfortunately I didn't get it so i didn't get to play with blake but i was able to play with a lot of my friends and i, and I still do like i will even get on like super early um, like 6 a.m 7 a.m to catch the late night tryhards and and get some good matches in. Right now, my favorite, I'm on the journey to get Diamond Guns in that game, which I do like in every Call of Duty. <laughs> How close uh, are you in this one? In this one, I'm not that close. I'm like a, a ninth of the way through. Dude, so, it's so, I feel like it's getting harder and harder to get Diamond Guns because they keep, we just keep adding so many more we, each new season. You get two or three new guns. So. I mean, they, they just tell you, like, you need to get seven of each. Oh, seven okay. assault rifles, seven SMGs, and then, like, the LMGs, you need four, I think. Well, that's good. I didn't know that they were doing that. But, yeah, that's awesome, man. Dude, I, I, I'm i so happy that, that you love this game, man. Yeah. And, uh, I'm, I, feel, I feel good about boycotting the game. However, I was I was so excited when they announced this game and it was a World War II game because I, I didn't get to play um, the last two, um, which I, I know it's it's a little bit of a point of contention for some people, but I didn't get to, to play the last two um, World War II games just because I wasn't, wasn't playing them, wasn't playing games um, at that level, and I was a, a poor college student. But... Um, yeah, I was so excited that when they announced this, and I'm I'm just kind of sad that I never got around to it. But I I think I, I think I I have a good reason not to. But dude, did you ever play any of the story? Because I was really always interested in the story. I never played that. Yeah. Story. And it's still, <laughs> I mean, hey, it's still your number four, man. That yeah, that says a lot. Yeah, I'm playing it a lot. I think I'm like prestige seven. Wow, that's, that's really good, dude. Did, now here's here's my follow up question. Did you play um, Modern Warfare, the most recent Modern Warfare? I played it a little bit. It wasn't really my thing though. I didn't like the fact that I had to like it took a lot to accumulate a lot of things, and then you would just die to like someone who's really really good at the game, and obviously plays it a lot. Yeah. Well, I guess uh, like that was the one that kind of got me back into, into Call of Duty. And this is the second game on that engine. And a lot of people, you know, kind of said that if, if the Modern Warfare game didn't hit for them, that this game would. And I totally, I totally see how, how you can just fall into it because on the, on that Modern Warfare one, like just the gunplay and like just getting online and like, just how it felt just felt so much different than like the other ones. And like that one just felt so good. And, and since this is on the same engine, I'm assuming that it's, it's pretty similar. So yeah, I yeah. can totally see how, how that would happen. And if, if what we're saying about engines doesn't mean anything to you, um, <laughs> I guess I'll, I'll do my best to explain it really quick. Um, the tools that they, that they use to make the last um, Call of Duty Black Ops were the same as, the ones that they had used prior to the modern warfare 
So they, they released the Modern Warfare game in this new engine and it felt amazing. And then it kind of felt like a step back with the, the Call of Duty Black Ops. And then they released this world at World War II one in the same engine as the, the Modern Warfare. So theoretically, this would be the second um, version on that engine and it would feel better potentially. And I'm assuming that it, it has that same feel for you. So that's awesome. Number four. Number four. So I think we can get into the top threes. Three, top six games. Top six games of the Sticky Buttons pod, man. Oh, this yeah. is exciting. All right, dude. Kick it off I, <laughs> oh, man. I, dude, I, okay. Real quick, top three. I, I love this game. We talked about this game a ton this year for, I mean, I kept bringing it up. <laughs> um, but I actually, I'm realizing now that I didn't write down any notes and I was like, just say, say what, say what um, comes to mind in the moment. So, <laughs> um, I think I just did that because this game meant so much to me. So my number three is Hyperlight Drifter. Okay. Awesome. That's sick, dude, man. That's, that's crazy. Cause that's honestly one I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and say this. Maybe it's a spoiler. It's one of my honorable mentions. Oh, nice, man. Nice. Yeah, yeah, dude. I mean, I mean, this is a great game. Like, seriously, it, it's a great game. And I mean, I think that the fact that it's on your honorable mention list uh, is kind of a, a testament to how good this game is. Because um, Brandon likes a lot of AAA titles. And like, straight up, this is not this is not a AAA title. Yeah. Um, this game has I, I've learned so much about this game. Um, just like from general interest and also like having the story just like connect with me and the gameplay connected me. I, I learned a lot about this game's history. And then in after beating it, I looked up like a ton of lore and like, well, or like what people are speculating as the lore of it. And it was just such a cool game. Like all aspects of this game were cool. Like learning about this game was cool. Playing this game was cool. And <laughs> I will say beating this game felt extraordinary because i think this is the hardest game on my list this on this might be the hardest game i've ever played and it it is brutal and it's tough oh. and there are definitely humps where it's you really have to like you have to practice to, to get good at it like i had this one day where i was like i wanted to beat this game last week like it just fit into my schedule to beat it because 
we were gonna record those episodes and we ended to change that up because of me but I just I just could not get past this point and I was like all right like I'm just gonna have to practice this and I like designated times in my schedule to just like practice the the movement and um because like you can do like this thing called a chain dash which is where you have to like dash consecutively which I think you can I mean you get the chain dash ability well I mean it's one of the abilities that you can get like it doesn't matter it doesn't matter what order you get the abilities in um basically you can get it within the first 30 minutes um I would definitely recommend getting the chain dash um but basically (laughs) there was a point where I had to do a chain dash puzzle which this game does not have very many of um because they are they are really hard and these chain dash puzzles Basically, you have to con- dash consecutively like 18 times. I think I counted it out. Um, wow. uh, <laughs> it was just really tough. And um, I, I mean, I definitely had to like go and practice it. And then like the combat of it as well. Um, but it's just like, oh man, it is such a good game. Um, so basically, if you don't know, I mean, we talked about this game a ton, but it's like a top-down isometric view action adventure game. Um, in the styles of like old Zelda games, which is, you know, like you're looking down at a character, you press a button and you can see them swing the sword. Anything in that radius, like takes damage. Um, Straight up, this game is so much more stylized. It's like in a sci-fi world. I think it's so much cooler than than Zelda. And actually that's the only thing that I wrote as my note is the biggest compliment I can give this is that I am now playing all the games that inspired it um just because i just think this game does it better and i just wanted to see what its inspirations were and it's got a really cool story um it was a kickstarter campaign and this game after learning about this i've um got on kickstarter and i've backed a couple games on kickstarter and none of them have come to fruition just because it takes a long time to back games or long, it takes a long time to make games so i backed a couple of games i've also backed a couple of books so definitely check out kickstarter because it's kind of cool a lot of things that you can i mean it's not a store like you were backing projects but um like i backed some books like i backed a like a book that i thought was really cool and it was like hey we're just doing this as like if you do this like you can get it sooner and it's kind of just like to check demand and it was pretty cool. I don't know. Check out Kickstarter. <laughs> but basically, um, you know, this guy, Alex Preston, started up this Kickstarter with a couple other people and they pretty much, you know, the Kickstarter blew yeah. up because people loved the idea of it. And they made this game and they eventually ported it to other consoles. And through this, um, <laughs> through the, the journey of, of doing this, um, of developing this game, Alex Preston, you know, has congenial heart failure and it was like, kind of, I don't know, just like listening to him talk about making this game. It's just so emotional. It was just like, I was like, fuck it. Like I only want to do, I only want to do one thing now because I know I'm going to die and just being like confronted with your own mortality is like, I want to make this game. And in a way, this game kind of just feels like a, like a love letter and, passion of him and his journey and this is a spoiler for hyper light drifter so if you don't want to 
you know, be spoiled here, which we didn't do in our episodes, but I'm going to do it now is this the, the game of the year. So if you don't want to hear the spoiler of this, like go to Brandon's three. Um, we're pretty much done, done talking about it, but like, um, so I'm about to spoil the, do you care if I spoil the end of this? <laughs> nah, go for it. <laughs> Basically like you die in the game. Like the end of the game is you beating the final boss, which is so hard, but it is like at that point, like, honestly, I thought all the other bosses were harder because you have to, I don't know. You just get so like, you just get so good. And I've actually, I think I've beaten the boss like twice because, um, well, basically like you, you go through this event and you face the final boss and you die, but you save the world. And it just is so cool. And basically, so like that's the end and you see the credits. And then like, when you get back, like you can go back and fight the end, like the final boss again, but like you can still do other things in the world. Like that's how they structured it. But after you beat the final boss, like you die. And there's a lot of symbolism for like the other side at the end of that and, and purpose and meaning of life. <laughs> it's done in this really cool isometric view video game that has some really dope colors and a dope art style. Um, I feel like, I don't know. I just feel like I'm not, I almost feel like I'm not uh, qualified to talk about this game. Cause it's just, <laughs> it's just so awesome. It's and, so sick. And it, it like truly, man, like I don't play games like this very often. I, like in this style, I know that you probably don't either. Like it's kind of a, a style of game that people have just moved on from. And also like really quick, in, in learning about this game, I have learned that this was kind of like the first indie game that went back to an old console type style and old con- old console type art style. So like, you know how if you go to Dan, you see a lot of games that have like these pixelated art styles like Celeste yes. and um, like Eastward, which are two games that we talked about. Actually, yeah, yeah two games we talked about. Um, like this was the first game to do that this was the first game to be like this is an snes style game and it i mean truthfully like it just does it better and it is so cool oh my gosh dude and like learning about the lore of this like i didn't know this until like you like until i like looked up the lore but like his sword it's a like it's a laser sword so it's like a lightsaber like i just think that's rad so yeah you're just a drifter, man. Dude. Hyper light drifter. Hyper light drifter, Heart Machine Studios. And you know what's crazy? <laughs> Funny that we're talking about Heart Machine Studios. They actually posted us on their story today. No, they didn't. On their they Instagram? Did. On their Oh, Instagram. shit. No way. Because I posted on our podcast Instagram. I just, I did a little oh. shout out post. Oh, my God. It was like God. shout outs to the awesome peeps at Heart Machine Studios. Because oh, and I just I put like a little link to our Heart Machine episode because I've just been posting like some of our old episodes trying to get people to just check out some of our content and dude oh, Heart Machine awesome, man Heart Machine HQ <laughs> we posted our stuff man and we're we're here oh. recording this top ten talking about one of their titles which we love oh that's so awesome that is so cool dude that's awesome they have a new game out that that I'm so excited to check out, but 
Just got to wait for the funds, man. Oh, that's so cool, dude. That's awesome. Yeah. That's pretty chill. That's awesome. I mean, they don't. Yeah, that's awesome. That's so cool. <laughs> I know. I was number just three, a, man. <laughs> I was just as geeked about it, too. It's like, pretty chill. That's awesome. But I guess with that, we can move on to my number three, which is we're definitely going to have the same amount of positive energy for it's a title that I've actually been talking a lot about recently and playing a lot recently. Do you want to guess what this one is, Blake? Dude, I, dude, I don't know if I can, man. Okay, <laughs> I'll, I'll, no, I don't. I've, I don't. Been ta- I've been talking about it a lot. Recently. Okay, I'm going to text you. I don't, I don't want to, if it's not right, okay. I don't want to be wrong on the, on the pod. All right, text it. I just sent it. Oh, no, no, that's <laughs> not it. All right, I'll just go out and say it. It's uh, Breath of the Wild. Oh, it's Breath of the Wild. Oh, Number that's three. Awesome, man. Yeah, dude. Oh, that's a great game, man. Holy shit. I love Breath of the Wild. Man. I'm so glad that I honestly, I didn't think it was going to make your list, man. I honestly, what? That's crazy. I don't know, man. I mean, just like kind of our conversations that we've had with it, man. Uh, I mean, like, obviously, like, it's an incredible game, but it definitely, it doesn't hold your hand and you can just get lost in it. And there, there's definitely, I mean, it's an amazing game, but you can get, you can get frustrated with it. So that's awesome. Dude. I'm so happy that's your number three. It's just such an easy game to go back to at any moment and so much to explore. Um, definitely reminds me a lot of Skyrim, mm-hmm. um, but just in this world that, I want to appreciate, you know, given given Zelda, given Link, that whole world. I, I definitely want to immerse myself in it more, play some more of the titles, especially Breath of the Wild 2, which is coming out soon. Looking yeah. forward to that. Here we're gonna have some multiplayer capabilities there. Oh really? It's gonna be, it's gonna be dope. Yeah. That's cool. 
Yeah, so I'm really, really looking forward to that. Just getting more accustomed with this game, playing it a lot recently, played it a lot before. We talked about it a lot on the pod. Just about anybody who has a Switch probably played this game or has heard of it. Um, if you haven't played this title, definitely check it out. Watch the trailer. And that's that's definitely all you need. And I'm sure you'll be sold on it. It's a great, great game. Yeah, dude. Oh, man. I actually – I'm. this is – this. This might be a little spoiler for, for what's to come. I I did not put Breath of the Wild on my list. I just oh, felt man. like, dude, I'm I'm like 60 hours in, and I just felt like I couldn't decide where I would go. And I I haven't beaten it. And I know that like that's not a, a requirement of this list, but I don't know. I just feel like I feel like this that one in particular. I, I don't know. It's my list. I was like, I feel like I need to beat it before I you know decide how I feel about it. But that's understandable. Uh, one thing that I that I want to say, man, and I think that uh, I don't know. I guess I don't want to speak too much into the future, but I feel like we've got to make an episode about Breath of the Wild. Like once you get further into it, maybe maybe after I beat it too, because I well, I guess I'll just say, man, I think that this is probably the most important game that has come out to date. Like I think that it it just changes so much about. Um, all the things that a lot of people love about games like i think it has so many mechanics that that are that just work so well and there's a lot that yeah. that doesn't do great um i mean like i said i got frustrated with it a lot you know that you have as well um and i don't know dude <laughs> like personally like you can't climb up things in the rain and i don't know i just don't think that that works but <laughs> it's like the just the time and place man like you really you're living in this world, like the breath of the wild. It feels like, cause you can do things that you could never do in any video game before, or at least that's what it felt like to me. It feels more like a place that you can just like go in and live in. And like everything reacts to you. Like you are really the main character, which, you know, sometimes it doesn't always feel that way, even when you are the main character in games, but this is just a, like a really special title. And there's so much for everybody. There's so much to discover. And it is just filled with like small slice of life joys. And it's filled with action, adventure, you know, rip roaring boss battles. And it's filled with puzzles. Like there is something in this game for absolutely everybody. And it it's kind of a, a magical experience. So I'm so happy that that's your number three, man. Yeah, man. Solid all the way around title. You put it very well. Um, Love it. Love it. Zelda.
And with that, we kicked off our top three. God, so yeah, now, that was our top three, man. So now we got top two. Top two All right, games. Man. And this, I'm really, really curious to see, man, because this, I just gave, I had a lot in contention for these, these two. Yeah. And I, it's just a lot to think about. I'm sure you also had a lot to think about. So yeah. without further ado, man, let's just kick it off, dude. What's your kick number two? Well, number two, man. Uh, yeah, like kind of real quick, like you said, man, like this is more than just like a, a top 10 uh, for one yeah. year. Like we kind of said that this is any game that we have played that we've talked about on the pod, which is um, almost is it almost two years at this point. Almost two years. Yeah. And we, I mean, we checked out a lot of cool games and we had like specific kind of episode um, ideas at the beginning and we had, it kind of just moved into to games that we liked and now it's, it, I don't know, it kind of just like morphed into this like huge list of some of the coolest games we've ever played. No, for sure. Yeah. Cause it's like, yeah, it is games of 2021, but it just so happens games are amazing right now you know mm-hmm. i can't i can't say games were better in 2015 you know like games are amazing right now i'm loving these games and having a great time with them every single t- one of these titles i'll probably p- pick up be able to pick up five years from now so. yeah yeah definitely and some of these games you know are a couple of years old as well but yeah it's just i mean like this list has just culminated into like the best games ever um for for me like up to date you know yeah, so totally. all right dude <laughs> my number two is pokemon sword and shield with dlc oh, oh that's crazy dude that's actually nuts that's actually nuts bro that's crazy you know dude. what i i was gonna say something but i'm just gonna let you i'm just gonna let you talk about no it. dude say it man say it dude i'd love to hear it man you dude. got me into you got me into this this gem dude. man I'm number I, my number two is also Pokemon Sword and Shield. No, no way. <laughs> what are oh. those odds, dude? What that's awesome, that man. Pick the same exact number two, bro. Oh, dude, that is so lit, man. I'm so excited. That's crazy. And the other one is like really close, so it's like I could have easily could easily uh, flipped it. Yeah, and we both picked number two, man. That's oh, nuts. that's awesome. That's, that's crazy. So cool. Well, here's here's the thing. I with this, I I couldn't put it as number one. Um, because yeah. I, I do have some problems with the game. Um, Me too. But dude, I just cannot deny. I I literally played both of them. I played Pokemon Sword, and then I was like, I want to play Pokemon Shield. And I this is the first time I've ever completed a Pokédex like. I have the certificate, man. I took screenshots of it. Like I, <laughs> I officially completed a Pokédex, you know. If, I don't amazing. know. That just that felt like a gamer achievement. And not that, I don't really totally. get into like that kind of thing. Like trophies don't really mean that much to me. But like I don't know. The Pokemon Sapphire was I don't know probably like my first and favorite game, and that's like what got me into being like, oh, like this is more than something I just pick up to play to have fun like this is something more and it just like transcended that for me into into a lifelong hobby and and something that I take with me to this day um (laughs) dude I've I've put over 600 hours into the combination of these two 
I've, I have nice. I have never played a game that long ever. And I've got like so many mons that I just love. And the DLC in particular is is really something special. So in the in the game, you have this this wild area and you like progress through a pretty linear story. And oh my gosh, dude, really quick. The gym battles, dude. Do you have anything you want to say on these? These are so much fun. I love these gyms. Dude, I love the fact that they were like, you know what? We're just going to try something different. And they went for it. And I loved it. I love the Gigantamax aspect of it. I loved, you know, just the story aspect of the gyms. You know, the, the, the fact that it's a challenge. Um, uh, it's, it's great. And it definitely paired well with the animation, if you watched any of that. Yeah, yeah, totally. And oh my gosh, dude, it's just like this is like kind of like the first Pokemon game where like you walk into like this gigantic stadium and it just feels so special as you're just, you know, battling against these mons. And yeah. I, I would say this is probably, well, I don't know. We, we did a, our BDSP episode and we kind of said that was probably a definitive Pokemon, but I don't know this one. I mean, this one's so much fun, man. Just cause you just walk into this. Oh dude. I just love it so much. Like going in and, and challenging you know, these gym leaders and, you know, you have this team with you and dude, something that that's really cool um, in the DLC after you kind of beat it, like you can go in and challenge all, like all the um, like gym leaders and champion and some other people that you meet in the DLC, you can challenge, you can battle with them as doubles against a bracket of the other, other gym leaders paired up as doubles so oh, that's awesome it's like the grand grand champion um, tournament or whatever and you can go back and play it and it, you get like a million credits when you beat it the first time and you get like a couple hundred Jeez. thousand when you do it the second time and and it's it's so much fun dude I've, I've done it twice at this point and oh man and then they also had like these events um which this is outside of the game, like GameStop had these events where you got, you could get a shiny Zashi and a shiny Zamazenta. And I don't know, it just felt like tracking those down. Like I was like, is during the pandemic, I was like traveling and just trying to like track those down um, during that yeah. time. It kind of just felt like a, a way to, to do things in my, like in my life, <laughs> just like brought it, like tied it to the game. And there were some other like, Pokemon that I, I got as well through like other Pokemon marketing events and um, I can like now it just feels like I'm connected to this game in like a, a special way because I caught some shiny Pokemon and Pokemon Go and I was able totally. to transfer those Pokemon into Pokemon Sword and Shield and oh dude it's just so cool man and like the wild areas um, which in the in the game you kind of have <laughs> Uh, you have this like huge wild area, huge open world Pokemon area, and it, it's kind of gated because it it does kind of progress with the story. But then in the DLC, you have two more of those areas. One's like an island paradise, and the other is like a tundra. It's called the Crown Tundra, and it's just mm. like a snowy, icy tundra. And they're both full with awesome Pokemon and legendary Pokemon and cool things and cool stories. And it's just an awesome, awesome experience. I'm just so glad that that I had this, had this experience with Pokemon. This really like brought me back into Pokemon and 
Dude, I've got like two boxes with hundred level hundred mons. So man, since it was my level two as well, I guess I'll give my little spiel on yeah, it. Go for I, it, dude. You I, gotta say some stuff. I definitely fell in love with this game. I also played both. I felt the need to play two. How they did that to us, Blake. I don't know how they did that. I've never they, done it with another one, man. They did, and and then we're not the only ones. Um, it's it was just such a good game. I think people just love the fact that Pokemon had been executed in this fashion. It felt so good playing through it, and and I can see how anyone who played the franchise for the first time through Sword and Shield, kind of how Pokemon Emerald was my first game. Um, mm-hmm. would fall in love with the franchise like Pokemon is doing a great job um, and like from now on the lineup for after that is like what Sword and Shield, BDSP then we have the newest game Arceus man like lots of really dope Pokemon games right now and Sword and Shield will be a good game to play for years to come mm-hmm. um, collected a bunch of monsters you can transfer them to Pokemon Home keep keep them in you know your games and man great great game great job pokemon thank you for sword and shield yeah seriously that yeah sword and shield sword and shield with the dlc man it's just an awesome experience and i was actually i was playing it today i haven't picked it up in months but picked it up today dude and just kind of going through it and Oh man, dude, it really is such a such a great game, such a great experience. Honestly, if if you're somebody that has a Switch and you've never played a Pokemon game, this is a great place to jump in. And it, it definitely it has some problems. Like there are some things that other um, Pokemon games do better, but nothing can can compete with like the bombastic feel of these gym battles and um man like i actually dude it's kind of funny it really feels like a spectacle and like a like a really cool sporting event when you play it and i actually um i was playing it and my girlfriend just happened to be like walking through and she's like are you playing fifa <laughs> i was like no um but it really has that like just sports feel because when you walk into the stadium i mean like props to the people that did the sound design and on music on this it just feels electric when you do it yeah feels so alive so and with the dlc you can have your pokemon follow you and oh that's just so cool i have a chinese charizard and having him fly around behind me is just like so cool actually i have i have a ho in the front of my party right now and he's following me around it's a colorful pokemon to walk around with yeah it's actually like when you walk around with some of the legendary Pokemon, it, it's kind of it's kind of scary a little bit because some of them, like for one, they're so much bigger than you because they're like at scale, and yeah, it's it's just like especially with Oho or Ho, it's a little bit terrifying because like their eyes and they just look like this like such a mean bird, but okay. it's it's pretty cool. It's a pretty cool experience.
right, dude. Well, we both we both did our number twos. Do you have anything else you want to say on that? I think we're ready to get into number one. Do you want it? You want to yeah, kick I'll, it off? Or I'll go first, man. I'll go first, man. I'm really excited because if you say the same number one, I'm gonna go crazy. <laughs> I don't. I don't think. I don't think it is. I don't think it is. I. I. So I talked about this game a lot, and I. I know that you have this game. I know that you picked it up and played it, but I just. I don't think you ever got into it the same way. What is your number one? Uh, it's Ghost of Tsushima. Oh shit, dude! That's crazy. <laughs> that's awesome, bro. That's. That's nuts. I was expecting that low key. I was really? like, where's Ghost of Tsushima? The whole time I was wondering, like, where's Ghost of Tsushima? But it makes sense that it's at the top because, man, I know you really got to play that game. You really got to just explore that whole world. And, man, I'm I'm honestly quite jealous how far you, you got to – how much time you got to spend with that game. I, I want to spend that much time with that game. It's just so well done, so well made. Love, love, love Ghost of Tsushima. How far did so you get to hear about it? Man, not too far, honestly. Still, like, very much in the beginning of the title. Yeah. So, I feel like as soon as you finish this game, man, or you get, like, far enough into it, let me know, let me know dude, and we'll do a whole episode about it. Because, um, oh, dude. All right, so first off, like, this has um, what people are saying is Souls-like combat. Um, I'm, I'm going to give a little pushback on that really quick. Um, just because the first time I experienced this type of combat which is where you have like a sword and you have a parry mechanic and then you can do combos i first experienced that in jedi fallen order um which was kind of like the first game where i I don't know i got to play as a jedi and i just thought that was so so cool like the first time it felt like i was really like using a lightsaber in a video game um and this felt the same way it just really captures like what I don't know, like what it feels like in a video game to have a sword and then like meaningful combat where you have to like parry or do like a perfect parry or dodge. And just like that core is just like the basis for this game. And I feel like when you have like good good fighting mechanics like that, like it just opens up this this huge, huge world of possibilities. And I, I absolutely like love the gameplay like that right there. I like, I just keep looking for experiences that have combat similar to that. And I don't think, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I need to play a souls game. Um, but I just feel like that kind of fighting style is, I don't know. I guess I'm, I'm really struggling to say what I want to say is that I think that every game should have this. <laughs> every game I want to play should, I want to play games like this. Like, you know how like, you jump into like a Call of Duty and you feel like the first person shooter and like you know how it feels and like it feels good, like you understand it. Yeah. That's like it feels like that for me, but like with the sword. So like in Hyper Light Drifter, you press a button and you swing a sword. In this one, you press a button and you can swing a sword. You can parry the sword. You can change your fighting stance. You can throw out uh different items to distract the enemies or to like make them stagger and oh dude i just absolutely love that and i love them like the gameplay mechanic i love that fighting and uh, i just feel like that's the basis of basis of this game um there's also 
Um, I, I would love to talk about this at like a higher level and like get into some spoilers. Um, but there's also like, you can do like assassinations and some really cool things like that. Like, I just absolutely love this game. And there's like so many things you can like just run around the world and like find new swords and new armors. And I haven't really talked about anything what this game is just, but I just wanted to like really double down on like those fighting mechanics. That's like the core of the game. Um, so basically you're a samurai in futile Japan and your island is getting invaded by the Mongols. The Mongols, damn, Oof, can't believe I forgot that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so your island is getting invaded so your island is getting invaded by these mongols and you start the game off and you along with all the samurai on the island go to meet the army and you guys lose and everybody dies and you think that you die and this character um who becomes a very pivotal character in the game she saves you from the beach and she nurses you back to health and you then have to, she's like, you have to save the island. Like you're the only one left. And kind of through that, you venture around the island of Tsushima and save the day. Kind of. Um, not, I'm not going to spoil this game. Um, but Brandon, this is, this is not a happy game. Like, <laughs> This is a war-torn island that is getting invaded and it is in futile Japan. And there's some like truly brutal shit that happens in this game. And it is not happy, which I feel like I really tend to enjoy experiences that are happy and, you know, heartfelt. And there was definitely a point where I was like, I'm just going to push through this because I love the game play of it it really confronts some some of the horrors of war and what people do to people when they're they think you know like it's a different nationality you know like it doesn't matter and i think that what those stories can tell are really important in today's age where you know we it's it's kind of like a very primal you know survival tactic that when we were primitive men and cavemen we had this i guess it's like a defense mechanism you know survival instinct where it's us versus them and we kind of so carry that with us today like us versus them is just all around us and in the context of this game you can really see that it's like they're all people but like they're invading a nation and they just commit war crime after war crime against these yep. innocent people and civilians and i mean obviously like in the context of this game like that it's for like material gain for the mongol nation but it, it's still relevant today because we still i mean we still commit these acts of violence against each other and you know we're all the same like nationality you know, they're just lines on a map and, you know, people take them so seriously. And this game, you know, it's, it's really just about two different peoples, you know, and also there's like the honor of the samurai, um, which is an interesting part of the game, um, which if you played it, you kind of know what I'm talking about. 
and just kind of how that progresses with you throughout the story. Um, but I mean, like truly, like this is the only game that I know of where you can play as a samurai in futile Japan. And it is so cool. And you, you do lose some people along the way and those are pretty hard, pretty hard losses. Actually, there, there are two that stick with me and I had to like get up and just walk away for a couple hours. And I mean, this game really makes you feel, makes you feel some things in just an awesome game. Like it has it all, um, you know, it has really cool fighting mechanics. It has some violence. It has some really cool um, side stories. Like there don't really have a, I mean, there are some fetch quests, but a lot of like the side, like there are a lot of side missions that give you um, more knowledge about the world around you. And sometimes like you'll just go on a side quest and you'll get like 500 of the currency uh, the game and sometimes you'll go on a side mission and you'll learn something about your father in a very intimate way with somebody that's dying and it it's not a happy game like I said but it is I don't know it's truly one of the uh, the coolest gaming experiences I've had in my life so it's my number one Ghost of Tsushima Tsushima, man, what a number one pick, dude. If there's anything worthy of a number one pick, it's Ghost of Tsushima. Honestly, all right, bro. I think I know what your number one is, but uh, what is it? What is it? I, I, I'm gonna guess, but if I guess right, I'm like, I'm gonna edit it out. All right, I think it's oh, dude, yes, yes. <laughs> That's it, right, Pokemon Brilliant Diamond Shining Pearl. That's my number one. That's awesome, man, dude. I'm, I'm. Oh, I mean, obviously, like we talked about this on the episodes about it, man. Like we were just both so hot on it, but oh man, I love that. I love that. That's on your. I love that that's your number one, dude. This is, God, this is a great Pokemon game. I'm gonna let you take it away, man. Oh, dude, great pick. BVSP is one hell of a Pokemon game. You know, it's it's a game we know and love, a remake of Pokemon Pearl and Pokemon Diamond, the Sinnoh, you know, we traveled back just in time before Pokemon's Arceus releases. So we really get to, you know, rebuild that attachment with the Sinnoh region and the Pokemon that inhabit it. And the story and and man, one hell of a story. I really, really enjoyed. Um or rather took for granted the story when I initially played uh, Diamond and Pearl, um, because it's just, it's just such a well put together story. And 
you know, I'm kind of upset that they didn't put any platinum stuff. But, mm-hmm. you know, it is what it is. Um, this game is definitely really fun. I'm in the post game right now. And there's certainly a lot to do in the post game. So, uh, Pokemon Brilliant Diamond, Shining Pearl, worthy of a number one, definitely pick it up. Uh, right now in the post game, something that's really cool that I'm looking forward to doing is uh, the gym, gym battle rematches. Oh, you can do so that? You can go back and and rematch all of the gyms. Do they have level increases? Yeah, they do. Oh, that's awesome. They're, I feel like that's something like super stacked. That's something that I feel like Pokemon gyms, they, or I think that that's something that I wish Pokemon games had done previously. Cause that is one, I mean, once you get done, there's really not a ton to do, but you have this team that you're attached to and you just want to take on challenges again. So, oh, I love to hear that, man. I'm, I'm personally, I'm not quite, quite at the end game. I've got six gym badges and I just caught Dialga, I think. Maybe Palkia. Which one do you have? Palkia. I got, I got Dialga. I just caught Dialga and, oh, dude, got my, got my, uh, oh, dude, it's just a great game, man. I, I absolutely love this. I'm so happy it's your number one, dude. Just like return to the isometric Pokemon game. You can change your outfit. And, oh, man, it is, it's truly a, an amazing title. And, dude, it's something that's only going to get better. Um, I, I recently caught Brandon in a Elekid. Is it Elekid? Yeah. Yeah, I caught him in Elekid, and I haven't traded it to him yet. But I just kind of – I was looking at my, my Pokemon Sword and Shield today, and I was like, I got an, an Elekid in my Pokemon Sword and Shield game. And – one thing that Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl hasn't done yet, they haven't updated it to home yet. So as soon as they update it to home, like you'll just be able to transfer those Pokemon in. And you won't even, you don't need me to catch them for you. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, but I mean, honestly, man, it it is so cool that, it, I mean, there's so much in this game that you can just go back to. Like there's like, there's something that you probably haven't even spent a ton of time in. There's like the contest yeah, I didn't no, even I didn't even know that you could challenge the gyms again. Like, there's the Grand Underground. Like, there's th- this game is pretty much endless, and I love that they are making Pokemon games kind of endless. And from what I hear, it's really hard to to track down the stuff to get the the legendary Pokemon that you can catch in the game. So towards the end, so I'm just excited to to hear more about that and experience that for myself. So. Great number one pick, man. I think that this is an amazing Pokemon game that anyone should check out, especially if you have nostalgia for the title. So.
dude, that's it, man. That's our top 10. Um, top 10 of 2021 and the pod as a whole up to this point. So, um, gosh, that's just so cool, dude. I'm so happy. I'm, I'm still blown away, dude. BDSP. <clears throat> oh, dude, I think it's so cool that we had the same number too. That's awesome. It's crazy. Yeah. What, are the, what are the chances? Dude, yeah. And honestly, I, I think that's the only over... Isn't that the only overlap that we had? That's literally the only overlap. That's so funny that it was also an overlap and in the same spot too. That's so cool. That's so funny. All right, dude. Well, hey, we're going to take a break and then we're going to see you guys back in a couple minutes. So thank you so much. Uh, if you listen this far, um, obviously it means the world to us. Um, you know, this is a celebration of all the games that we've loved and played this, this whole time that we've been doing this. So obviously like we have a huge gratitude to anyone listening and thank you so much. Like this has been so much fun. Um, you know, for us to record so much fun for us to do this. And I, I mean, I can only speak for myself here, but it's definitely felt like a, like a saving grace in these past two crazy years and something that we can fit into um, our schedule, like both with like just social time, but also like to have a schedule is, is awesome as well. So thank you, Brandon, for, for being my real top one. Um, this past this past year yeah. yeah appreciate that and thank you blake i i really appreciate you for being my real top one this past year too man for real um and yeah top 10 one hell of a body of work took us took us a while to just compile this and it's a lot of took a lot of thought and effort and i'm glad we were able to put this together for y'all and now we can look back and that we did it for the first time for the pod man and now many many more top tens to go so looking forward to doing this again i'm already ready for 2022 man i've already started my list (laughs) (laughs) all right man i'll see you in a bit all righty